Before we begin today's episode, we have our patrons over at pa- Patreon. They are Aperba, Nate Hansen, Rock the Green, Andy Herbrand, Lauren L., Paul Campaneshi, Kelby Goodman, Greg Whalen, Zach Duran, Daniel and Cara Lighting, and John Goals. Thank you guys so much for supporting our podcast. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the dairy state. We are your hosts. I'm Eric. And I'm Russ. And today we are discussing a meat snack we are all familiar with known as bacon. Yeah. Add it to anything (laughs) and it'll taste like bacon. And, uh... That uh, the one in particular that we're that we're talking about here is the Patrick Cudahy and the Cudahy brothers, you know, meat uh, and, and, and baking company. And you were the one who brought this again to my attention. Yeah, yeah. So I work over in Cudahy, and so you uh, heard about Patrick Bacon. Not only have I heard Patrick Bacon, Cudahy? you smell it cooking as you're driving down Packard Avenue. Um, it is absolutely delicious. Uh, they obviously make a, a a great product that we all love. Um, if you have something that tastes like shit, just throw some bacon on it. Exactly. It That's it's like thing. cheese, too. You throw cheese on anything, it's good. It's instantly ten times better. A.K.A. Taco Bell. Yeah. Taco Bell. T- everything tastes Which like shit. Which is shit. Just slap cheese it's on it. It's just shit. It's fucking good. It's like diarrhea in a tortilla. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're hard. definitely not going to be sponsored by Taco Bell Taco anytime Bell soon. Coming so, around um, to us. It's okay to make fuck. that statement. So not only are we talking about a delicious uh, product made by an awesome local company, we also have great Wisconsin music from a band called Crib Shitter. We had to feature this band. Yeah, uh, I think I think they have a pretty good like sense of humor, kind of like us. Yeah, and that's kind of why like we're like, dude, these guys are pretty rad. This is fun. I think this is going to be a really fun one. Uh, Russ and I are just now diving into the catalog of Crib Shitter, and let me tell you, I'm I'm loving it. And the the music is um, it's hilarious and and also good at the same time. Yeah, it's actually really good, well yeah. produced. It's not like really crappy music. Right. Yeah. They're definitely not just working with a little four track tape machine or something. They're they're producing great quality stuff, and it's hilarious. I think it really does. Um, it really does lend itself well for you know this episode that we're about to do about bacon. Who doesn't love bacon? Who doesn't love fun you know music that's you know decent. Um, if you eat enough bacon, you could be a crib shitter. You could. You could end up <laughs> shitting the crib. You might. You might Whoops. shit your bed. I shit my pants again. Uh, we also have another beer review for you. And, of course, another edition of how many logos you had. Um, while we're on the topic of uh, how many logos, uh, I thought, you know, that we would have no lack of, of articles to use uh, on the show. And as it turns out, you know, they're not this really year, putting as much. This year's been slimming down. Yeah. I don't know what it's about 2023. And I don't think people are getting less OWIs. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I just think that they're they're putting it less out there as uh, a part of the media. Uh, Is it because news of articles us? and things. I think it, it might be. 
Um, but if you can, if you happen to come across something, send it our way. Uh, we would love to feature whatever, you know, as long as nobody dies, we're okay with featuring it. So have you seen the one? So this isn't Wisconsin based, but did you see the guy who ran into the subway? He uh, like, like into a subway restaurant? He went in through the glass. He like, first off, he goes, he does a full six inch sub. Mm-hmm. He backs up and then he goes a fucking full foot long. He goes all the <laughs> way through the restaurant. Sub. Oh yeah. He, he goes, goes straight, party he sub. He goes huge. Oh, fuck. He just racks the entire restaurant. I was like, oh my God. He smashed our meatballs. I've definitely been drunk, but I've never been smashed into a subway drunk. Yeah. So if you have any that, that you come across as you're, uh, you know, scrolling the, the, you know, Google machine for news articles and things. Send it our way. We'd really appreciate it. While you're out there and you're uh, looking for Wisconsin drunken history stuff, why don't you leave us some sort of a review um, and some five stars and leave us a comment or whatever on whatever platform you listen. Uh, Even if it's not your preferred platform, go over there and just throw us some stars. I don't know. Um, Do something wild and crazy. Um, Go ham. And if you really want to be wild and nuts um, and be an acorn farmer, you could go to wisconsindrunkenhistory.com and you could find about uh, uh, the Patreon uh, to be a, a supporter in that way or uh, our merch too, that we've got some really sick stuff out there. Um, and, uh, you know, it just, all of that would help. Uh, whatever whatever you choose, if you choose to do all three, purchase the Patreon subscription, go with some merch, leave us a review. That's called the the triple whammy. We love it. That's what we really enjoy, and uh, let's get in. Let's get into this uh, this episode all about bacon from Patrick Cudahy Company there, and um, and eventually we'll get over to the crib shitters. Yeah, so you know what's funny is I, like, you hear the term Cudahy, right? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize that there was a person behind the name. Yeah. I had no idea. You were the one who brought this to my attention, and you know what's funny is I've seen the bacon. I've seen Patrick Cudahy bacon mm-hmm. in the. I think it's from Smithfield who mm-hmm. owns it now. Smithfield is the one that owns it now. Yeah, yeah, I believe they do. But yeah, it's crazy. I saw it in the store. I never put two and two together. Yeah, and it's crazy. You know, like uh, for for like Russ and I, uh, more local. Uh, you go through Burlington, and you kind of smell that that shitty stench of of you know whatever the product is that's made. Um out of like cooking chocolate or making chocolate, the whole city tends to have this kind of weird smell to it. Um, Cudahy is the exact opposite in terms of the smell. You roll your windows down and you are instantly drooling. It's like Applewood smoked it's bacon. Ama- exactly. Yes. No, exactly what you're saying right there. Applewood smoked bacon. It's wafting through the fucking air and it is, Sounds pretty good. Um, <laughs> it is exhilarating. It's almost made me drive off the road a few times. So it's kind of dangerous. But it's absolutely amazing. And like you said, this is right there, downtown Cudahy, just a short distance from downtown Milwaukee. Um, and they are a, literally a historic meat packing giant. Um, the company originated in the packing firm of John Plankinton, uh, a successful enterprise due in large part to the lucrative partnerships uh, that he established with other uh, budding packing moguls from the early 1850s uh, through the late 1880s. Uh, those uh, I- include Frederick Layton, uh, Philip Armour, and Patrick Cudahy. So Patrick Cudahy moved from Ireland to Milwaukee with his family. This is 1849, uh, shortly after he was born. Uh, he learned the meatpacking trade as a teenager, working as a carrier, pickler, packer, and weigher for several companies. In 1873, the short-lived Lyman and Woolley Packing Company hired Cudahy as a superintendent. 
Uh, the next year, Plankington and Armour called on Patrick to replace his older brother, Michael, as their superintendent. A decade later, Armour left this firm and Plankington promoted Cudahy to junior partner. This is a big move here. Yeah, this is and this is pretty huge in the meat. Well, and, and for his career, you <laughs> yeah, know, this, for this sure. forms a, a, you know, a huge, uh, a huge staple in, in this. And in 1888, Plankington sold the firm to Patrick and John Cudahy for $600,000. And he leased his Menominee Valley packing plant to the new Cudahy Brothers Company for five years. So kind of a small price tag, I think, 600000 and he and he leased the building for five years uh, to them. Um, the need for facilities uh, prompted the Cudahy's to relocate their firm to Buckhorn, a small town two miles south of Milwaukee along the Chicago and Northwestern Railroad. Um, they opened a large modern plant at their new location in 1893. The nearby area, formerly incorporated as Cudahy in 1895, was gradually transformed into an industrial suburb. So they basically moved just for logistical purposes then yeah. by the railroad? And what was nice is that, you know, eventually that, that area that is now known as Cudahy uh, kind of just transformed into this uh, industrial giant, you know. Uh, obviously, there's a bunch of things there, but you're talking about Cudahy, Patrick Cudahy, and you're talking about Laddish. Those are two major companies that are doing work right there in Cudahy. The fact that they named a the goddamn city after you means exactly pretty top dog. That's top dog shit right there. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, like Plankington before it, Cudahy Brothers processed a variety of animals, but specialized in pork products. Uh, the new facilities were able to process as many as 7,000 hogs a day. Now, that's a good hog turnover there, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucking Rolling. a lot of fucking pigs over there. Time to squeal, baby. Shoo-wee. <laughs> 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 um, this increased uh, uh, the capacity. Uh, uh, this increased capacity, rather, helped the company expand its distribution into European markets. They're going Euro. So they're really, now that the expansion really happens, you know. <laughs> What is that? Euro disco going on. Pig, pig packing. <laughs> the old Baby. pig disco. Uh, the company continued to flourish through the early to mid 20th century, despite some notable struggles. Uh, for instance, a major fire destroyed nearly one third of the Cudahy plant in uh, September of 1906. With a lot of fires that, you know, have really fires almost always, destroyed like, things. Especially man. back then, when things are just made like out of wood. And yeah, shit. they're all made out of it's fire like, material. Yeah, you might as well just dump gasoline all over the building and just yeah. wait for the spark to Well, happen. we actually put this together with wood shavings and gasoline. I don't I know co- how it works, but I it's I coated here. the wood and gas. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's fine now. Shouldn't be bad. Um, the company also experienced barriers to its largest foreign market as Congress enacted new tariffs in the years following the First World War, and Great Britain responded with mandates that agricultural products like meat uh, be imported from Commonwealth countries rather than the U.S. So those damn tea sippers, yeah, god damn, damn it, Queen, uh, King, and other things, royal family, Downton Abbey, dude, you know what's other cr- English. I- do you ever? I've always wondered, like, what is the fascination with the royal family? Like, I, I don't give a shit I don't know. at you know, all. The coronation was just on the other day. Uh, I don't give a shit. I don't think I've seen no. any of that stuff. No, and I, and honestly, I didn't even know what that meant. <laughs> I didn't give a shit. Like, <laughs> instantly, I saw it while I was scrolling uh, Google TV, and it said coronation. I said, "Can you even publicly show that?" I thought they were talking about circumcision. Turns like, out, coronation is not the same. It's funny. Like, a seventy-year-old man gets his first job, basically. It's like right. that's basically what it is. I mean, it's like, oh, okay, great. He's 70, now he's king. 
Okay, good job, bud. And a job that doesn't fucking matter. You got privileged your whole life, like, pampered and, like, Like, you want people to give a shit? I don't really care, to be honest. I I feel bad, but I really just don't give a shit. I'm not like everyone else. I don't think you should feel bad, but, you know, it's something that... It's something that we don't understand, I guess, and maybe, I'm not willing. Maybe that's it. Yeah. I don't have the I don't have the the mental capacity to really give a shit for that. Do you right think now. I care about really British export is music? Otherwise, I don't really give a shit at all about yeah, anything British. That's true. To be honest, that's true. I, I just being straightly America here, but yep. that's just how I feel. Fourth July, Fourth of July, America, get out of here, Will King Smith. Coy. Will Smith because of the the movie Independence. Oh Day. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> has nothing to do with our independence just freaking aliens no just aliens. somehow aliens yeah. are involved but yep. yep all right um so patrick cudahy prided himself in on maintaining uh, an open shop and the company fought frequently uh, and fervently to thwart union organiza- organizing efforts uh, throughout its history uh during the second world war cudahy brothers supplied large amounts of meat to the military but refused to comply with the National War Labor Board's uh, order to maintain union membership and dues uh, checkoff systems. So uh, essentially, they've just been fighting against uh, unionizing uh, in their in their history, and and um, they didn't they didn't bend to you know their the others' demands, the governmental demands. Um, uh, but uh, you know that that's. That's something that, you know, I think every I think company kind of struggle with that. I was you know just going to say early on, I think a lot of companies did this anyway. You you're, know? Trying, you're trying to get cheap labor to make your product cheaper. Right. I mean, that's all it is. It, but at the same time, it is really corporate. It is follow. kind of corporate greed to, you know, it's, right. it's a little bit of everything. It's 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 the whole capitalism system we live in. Today. Exactly. So in order to avoid a potential disruption in wartime production and force the company's compliance, the U.S. Army seized the Cudahy plant under presidential order on December 8th, 1944, and continued uh, the occupation until the end of the war. So and and this is not uncommon. I don't want anybody to think, oh, my God, this is, you know, the, the craziest thing ever. Why did they do this? Not not only did they do this to like meat companies, but also anybody that basically had any sort of production at all for war ration for war ration in order to essentially continue providing our, our military with, with its needs companies were literally taken over by presidential order, uh, in order to manufacture the things that were required for war. Who would not want to slap fucking Adolf Hitler with a thing of bacon though? I just fucking fucking smack his ass. I would throw a fucking hog right at him. Yeah. Take that bitch. I would slap him <laughs> in the face with a can of spam and knock that fucking mustache right off his stupid <laughs> fucking face. Just um, beat his ass and then shave his mustache off and just beat him with bacon. Exactly. Fucking fun, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody wants to do that. Shove a ham hock up his asshole. Oh. It's getting gnarly over here. Yeah, full hog. Fuck Hitler. Rah! That's what we have to say right Squeal, now. Squeal, <laughs> <laughs> Um <laughs> The Cudahy family maintained control of the firm until 1971 when they sold it to the Philadelphia-based Bluebird Inc. Uh, several corporate buyouts took place until, um, in, in 2013, a Chinese meat processing company purchased Smithfield Foods, um, and with it, the, fir- the firm formerly known as uh, Cudahy Brothers. So that's how I know it is, the Patrick Cudahy uh, smoked applewood bacon, yep. which is a Smithfield production. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, like I said, that 2013 era is, is kind of where... Um, it went just really mass produce, uh, you know, big meat processing firm. Um, over the last decades of the uh, 20th century, the company weathered significant struggles. For instance, Cudahy workers uh, went on strike 
uh, January 1987, uh, after the company cut wages and benefits to make the company more competitive. That's every company uh, every, in the exactly. entire world. <laughs> exactly. How do we make ourselves more money and how do we... Well, you got to compete with like all the foreign markets. It's right. really tough. I mean, especially for American-made shit. Right. It's not all just greed, but it's also just, you know, how do we... How do we so, What's, you know. So here's a, here's like a comparison like recently for me. Like so we got molds quoted in China, $10,000. Mm-hmm. America, $105,000. It's like Yum. you're going to go you're going to go Asian. Well, you know what I mean? Like there's you're no You're forced to cuz you can't afford to, to Nobody has that money to like invest unless you go for those cheaper molds. Well, and and then think about it. If you didn't go with the cheaper molds, if you went with the 105 some thousand dollar molds, what is the end price? What is the bottom the, line price that you need? In fact, you're in 20% margin the, for profit. Yeah, the ROI is like 20 years, so you can pay that mold off. You know what I mean? Unless you're making a product that's getting you like insane amounts of markup. It's just unreal. It's just how well, that's it is. The thing. Yeah. So. And I think, you know, uh, a previous company that we've talked about a number of times, Harley Davidson, um, they struggled with this as well because of the rise of, of uh, bikes manufactured in, in uh, you know, Asia. You know, yeah. how how do you compete when they're selling a bike that's only going to cost you a thousand dollars, and your bike comparatively is five thousand plus? Oh yeah, easily. I mean, a Harley, you're looking at twenty k possible. Now I'm yeah, saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm even talking about back in the earliest days of you know like the '70s when Harley's started to see the decline uh, because of the the other bikes you know manufactured I, and and were cheaper. I think I think that's big. The Harley's biggest thing with like especially the next generation you know, of, of riders who yeah. can afford a 20,000 bike and you get a $2,000 Royal Enfield that is, you know, almost the same quality as that Harley Davidson. I think and that's Harley's even biggest. actually last longer. Yeah. That's, that's like the I mean, hardest part for today's Harley Davidson. Right. And, and so we're seeing that struggle, not only in those things, but then also the meat industry as well. You're talking about how do we stay competitive you know, without pushing our, our price point so high that people, you know, won't buy our product, you know, and that's the problem that you face with a lot of things. Um, this, this particular bitter strike lasted nearly 28 months, Jeez. uh, ending after a group of workers failed in an attempt to purchase the company. Uh, that was in April, 1989, um, during the July 4th weekend of 2009, an illegally obtained military flare landed on the plant's oh, roof. <laughs> And sparked a major fire that nearly destroyed the entire complex. That's straight America. Yeah, yeah baby. Look at this flare. Son of a bitch. It smells like bacon. Um, this event, which uh, ha- has been uh, characterized as the largest structural fire in Wisconsin's history, caused $187.7 million Jeez. in damages and displaced uh, 1,400 workers for approximately three months before the complex was rebuilt and restored to operating uh, status here. That's insane. Patrick Cudahy remains Milwaukee's last meat packing center, making bacon, ham, deli meats, and a variety of other pork products. Um, but again, I'm, I'm, I, I understand that Smithfield, you know, this Chinese-based you know, company, owns uh, Cudahy Brothers. I, I'm, I'm well aware of this. Um, but still, there are hardworking laborers in Cudahy that make this product every day that I still feel um, that I it's it's my duty when I'm picking my bacon uh, in, in the meat department there that I, I go Patrick Cudahy when I can. And that's that's my duty, I think, as a Wisconsin citizen. 
I don't think everybody should feel that way or, or, you know, should feel that they, that they are required to purchase that or other, you know, Wisconsin based products. But, um, just know that, you know, if you do that, that money is, is going back directly into, uh, this, uh, this economy locally, um, because those workers have to get paid, um, and then they're going to spend their money locally as well yeah, on other sure. things. So I just think it's, it's a, it's a good way to, to circulate that and, thing back here. And you know what, anything you buy is really, a lot of it's Chinese made. Let's, let's be honest here. I mean, most of the stuff, even like if you go and purchase a Badger shirt, you're supporting the Badgers, but most of that money's going to like Bangladesh or, right. you the know shirt, what I mean? The it's shirt was actually produced in like Vietnam. It's anything. Or, I mean, yeah. really, I'm, I'm, that's just one example. I mean, but the printer, you know, like, like Nate, you know, a small time, local. small time printer, he does buy that shirt. So he, you know, has a little bit of money invested into um, that company, uh, you know, the Chinese manufacturer of Vietnam, manufacturer of T-shirts or whatever. But the fact is that a lot of that money is actually going back to him directly because he produces, um, you know, the, the, the actual product that you're buying. That, that shirt needed to be printed on and needed to be, you know, sold for, oh, for, sure. for consumption. So. Yeah. I do like it, and I do feel uh, that it's an important part of of us, uh, you know, living in in Wisconsin is to try to to use and consume locally. All right, now to our music segment here, Wisconsin, uh, and and everything Wisconsin on this one. So, um, we've got a, a great band, uh, as we already talked about at the top of the episode. They are called Crib Shitter. Um, what a great name. What a great name. They're Madison-based, right, uh, yeah, Russ? You've yeah. got a little bit you can talk. You, you know what's about. really crazy is they were actually on the PBS channel, which is outrageous. Which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but also kind of outrageous. It is. Yeah. It's so great. I love it. <laughs> but, yeah, so this one, like, what I what I love about them. So they're based out of Madison, Wisconsin, and their little, like, about me section is uh, the premier fog machine-oriented band, <laughs> which is just awesome. And it says, what do we sound like? Smack a snake in its head with a wooden spoon while it's eating garbage. That's, I, <laughs> that's a great description. And actually, you know what, though? The music's actually pretty well produced, <laughs> to be honest. And I, I love, like... Smack the, a snake with a wooden spoon while it's eating garbage. I like it. Yeah, no, I, and I love, like, this the songs, especially the album name. Let's yeah. just talk about that for a second. Yeah, so the this particular album, 2011's Methlehem, you heard that right. Methlehem. Imagine Jesus going to a trailer park. Yeah, he was born <laughs> like, in a manger in the middle of Methlehem, <laughs> which uh, is three, more of the modern take. Here comes the three drunk men offering shots yeah, of whiskey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on this album uh, entitled Methlehem is a song uh, called Boom Goes the Vaginamite. And Russ and I felt compelled that this was the song. I, I think it's, Before even hearing it. No. Mind you. Yeah, we like... We, and we knew this was it. We we saw the title and we're like, oh, it's probably a great track. Well, it's just, it, <laughs> it's I think, awesome. I think it, it fully encompasses the, uh, the, the group here in the basement, which is just you and me. Um, we are down here in this basement studio, and this is the shit that we find funny. Um, taking normal words like Bethlehem. And making it Methlehem. That's hilarious to that's, me. That's something we would do. That's top notch. It uh, is great. Naming your band Crib Shitter. That's about as good. I mean, that's about as good as you can get right there. I w- that I fucking was, makes me piss my pants. Like Crystal Method and stuff. Like, dude, this oh, yeah, is like, yeah. great. They were like, great. They were great. That was like early EDM kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was good stuff. Very early. But yeah. And these- then to go as far as to name a song. 
boom goes the vagina mite. I love it because I've never thought of uh, changing dynamite to vagina mite, but it it's perfect. It works and it's great. It is. And uh, and to top it all off, like you mentioned, the music is really good. Actually, it's actually really well produced. To be Which, honest, I'm not saying I didn't think it was going to be. So don't don't hear what I'm not saying. But what I am saying is, um, we chose a lot of this uh, because well, number one, it's on the the whammy list. Oh yeah, of course we always support the whammies. Love that. But this was the first time you and I had had either one of us had heard of the Madison based band called crib shitter. And then when we did do the, the little bit of dive, I saw that album, uh, you know, from 10 plus years ago called Methleham and instantly started pissing myself because it's absolutely fucking hilarious. It is. Um, and then to go on and find that a track on that album is called uh, boom goes the vagina Mite. We love it. Um, and, uh, and, and the song is great. So, um, only because I want to say it again. The uh, the band here is Crib Shitter. The album is Methleham, and the song is Boom Goes the Vagina Mite. I got four days left to wipe me cooler with this piece of legislation. I got three days left before they put my frequent flyer privations. I got two days until my girl leaves me high and dry in a speedo. Too soon. I got one day left to keep it really, 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 really real. Uh. Come with me now. Boy, you gotta get your mind right. Boy, you gotta get your mind right. Boy, you gotta get your mind right. Casino in East St. Louis I think it was a pills I took mixing with the canned oxygen Either that or the port or support the town is always known for So I tried to get the barkeep to mix me up with Dr. Scholl's and soda I got caught stealing urinal cakes from the bathroom of the Fallen I ended up dropping one in my good friend's Tom Collins I woke up that morning with the brand spanking new wave runner uh, But I dropped it off four years later to a sad rifle owner Boy, you gotta get your mind right Boy, you gotta get your mind right Boy, you gotta get your mind right Get it right, get it right, get it right Boy, you gotta get your mind right Boy, you gotta get your mind right Cause boom goes a vagina to the car with my headphones on and my discman But the bartender noticed that my headphone cord was just dangling He threw me out on the street, I couldn't find a way to pardon him So I grabbed a bag of trash and tossed it in the crowded beer garden uh. Boy, you gotta get your mind right Boy, you gotta get your mind right Boy, you gotta get your mind right Get it right, get it right, get it right Boy, you now. gotta get your mind right Boy, you gotta get your mind right Cause boom goes a vagina mine Get it right, get it right, get it right 
Great stuff. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it, man. <laughs> that, was, that was Crib Shitter album, Methlehem, the song, Boom Goes the Vaginamite. And uh, now we're going to go into our beer review segment here. And uh, we've got a nice a nice little uh, nice little cheap beer for you. Think, yeah. Right? You know, yeah. What's really cool is like you can get a uh, uh, hazy IPA for pretty reasonable at the grocery store. If you go to Woodman's. Find a little six pack of this one. Uh, obviously, Rhinelander, Wisconsin, the Rhinelander uh, Brewing Company. Yeah. Um, also, I think they're the owners of Minhas as well, if I remember right. Because I think we talked about this in the past. I think so. But this one I found was the uh, Thirsty Miner Hazy IPA. It's coming in at 6.2% ABV, 58 IBUs, kind of bitter beer. Yeah. Definitely an unfiltered, juicy, kind of the East Coast IPA style. A little bit drier than like uh, maybe some of the other IPAs I've had. It, be a little it, bit it definitely get you drunk on a budget, though. And, yeah. and like, if you're looking for that craft beer flavor, like this one's pretty hardcore. Yeah, to be and I think like I actually like I do like their beers a lot. Yeah, and I I think uh, you know I things like Minhas uh, where they do a lot of contract brewing and things like yeah. that. Uh, a lot of times, the beer that comes out of there. It's just okay, right? Yeah, right. It's not like Top Dog. Right. I mean, it's like like Canadian Crest, the official beer of like NHL or whatever. Right. You know, and Canadians there, but not Beer Thirty, but something like that. Like Kirkland Light is from there, and yeah, for like sure. So it's decent beer. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just it's. Uh, um, but this was a shock so, to me that this comes out of that that same kind of idea. Um, lower lower uh, um, lower cost of production, I think, on on a lot of these. Uh, but the beer actually tastes great. It's it's not bad. And you, what's funny is like I know for like a lot of University of Wisconsin students, like we we try to look for the cheapest beer possible to like fuel a party, right? So yeah. you could give somebody thirty bucks and they could load a trunk up with like beer from Minha. So we'd have like a group of people go down, pay for the gas, thirty bucks, fill a whole trunk full of beer, come back home, get trash at a freaking party, right? Yeah. And probably have leftovers. Oh yeah, for sure. Like Minha's light. I think if I remember yeah. right, when I was in school, it was like five ninety nine for a case. Right. Like I'm talking like a full thirty six. That's been a while ago, though. It was, yeah. But so I don't know what it is now. I haven't been to Min House in a while. I know me and you. I think we went there. I believe we did on the tour. Yeah. They have the distillery, the winery, and the brewery tour there. The reason why you can't remember it is because you can get I got so trash. fucking trashed there. Dude, you do. You, so, like, I'm going to recommend on, this. Plan on bringing a driver. Yeah, let's recommend this first and how to do this. So, do the brewery tour first, right? Then go to the either the wine or the distillery because, like, the distillery tour, like, they let you sample everything. So, you're taking shots down. Oh, yeah. You are absolutely just compiling shots in your in your gut. Oh it's yeah, it's awesome. It's it's insane. But and then the amount of beer that you can put down at the brewery side of things because they give you the the beforehand, you get to have a few, and then afterward you get the room for like thirty minutes. Oh, you get unlimited drink in thirty minutes. I know. I think I tried everything. I it's fucked. Like they have like malt liquor. They have like, the malt liquor that's like a like purple. Like a f- yeah, they have like, like the grape. flavored malt liquor. Oh, it's so good. It's it reminds me of loco a little it bit. Does. So I actually like it. It's the Minhas version of four loco. And then they have like a lot of like the Minhas. Wasn't it called light. like get crunk or something like that? Something it was like, like that. Crunk juice. Crunk juice or something like that. Yeah. I think it's called crunk juice. And then they got the Huberbach and Huberbach stuff like that, which is, is actually pretty good. And that's a main. That 
that's the Joseph, Joseph Huberbach uh, uh, that, and it's the same recipe. And so actually, a cool piece of history is like that's how the Huber dorm was started. Right. In, in the Huber Wisconsin. dorm was actually uh, from uh, Joseph Huber. From Joe, Joe Huber. Yeah. Yeah. And like this one's actually pretty good. You know, it's kind of cool because the hazy, it's the unfiltered. So you're getting like a lot of the cloudiness in the beer. Mm-hmm. But f- to be honest, like if you're trying to get like a good buzz on a budget, like you can't really this beat. It's a great option. I think it's three ninety eight at Woodman's for a six pack. Which is unreally cheap. I mean, that's like half the price of any other six-pack. You can't afford not to drink it. That's what I'm saying. You have to drink this. And I think we had the Thirsty Miner on here before, another one we did. I don't remember if it was the Thirsty Miner um, IPA or something. One one of the other beers. Yeah, yeah. but this is a new one, the Hazy IPA that just was released somewhat recently. It's been out for a while. Because they're following the trend. You know, the big trend right now is kind of hazy, you know. Uh, kind of unfiltered and for me anything that supports the northwoods i am all for so like yeah yeah, you get cheap drunk you're supporting a local brewery in rhinelander wisconsin shout out to our friends at the hot egg store we're we're always ben Ben and carrie ben and carrie we we love those guys and Um, actually if you haven't had a chance check out the hot egg podcast the outboard uh, motor museum there yeah and the uh, pioneer park pioneer park um, beautiful beer, cheap, and uh, you can't like I said, you can't afford not to drink this bastard. Yeah, and it's great. I mean, definitely go and check it out. I found it at Woodman's. I mean, I think they had six packs. They had a ton of them left. They actually had a stout too. I've never had. Which Yo, I'm, I'm, that's I know right I got, up your alley. Yeah, yeah, I like the darker beers, but definitely go and check this one out. The Thirsty Miner Hazy IPA. Grab a seat, gather round, join us for a chat. How many locos you have? All right, folks, you know what that means. It's time for the exceptional <laughs> segment called How Many Locals You Wet? Yeah. And so we got somebody that's kind of like headbanging here. They're not listening to Disturbed. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. So, Eric, you want to tell us a little bit of what's going on with the headbanging? Yeah, so uh, this is a lacrosse woman, and she's charged with uh, fourth drunk driving the offense. The uh, a 35-year-old lacrosse woman faces felony drunk driving charges after police responded to a January 21st vehicle crash in lacrosse. Uh, the uh, 35-year-old woman, uh, she was charged in lacrosse County uh, with fourth offense drunk driving and fourth offense operating with a restricted substance. Uh, according to the complaint, a witness told police he was standing outside on Adams Street uh, at his residence when he saw a vehicle operated by this 35-year-old woman drift across the roadway, crash into a legally parked van. <laughs> um, and the witness said uh, then the, the person drove into a snowbank and then got stuck. So hit a van to yeah, a snowbank. Nodding off, hit a van, then into a snowbank, totally stuck, you know, rendered basically you know, motionless at this point. The witness told police he approached the vehicle and he observed the 35-year-old woman nodding her head and hitting the steering wheel multiple times because she wasn't able to keep her head up. (laughs) Down with the sickness, bro. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Can you you imagine being this fucking guy? I know. He goes to the car and all of a sudden he hears... <laughs> it just goes freaking ham. She just starts headbanging. Just fucking like, slipknot, banging her fucking dome all over that steering wheel. Uh, the witness said he entered the vehicle <laughs> uh, to turn off the ignition because the tires were actually still spinning. Jeez. <laughs> I'm going to get through this snow bank you once and for all. Y'all just watch this. I'm going to bang my fucking dome. <laughs> turn police... down the God smack over there. <laughs> <laughs> Could you turn down the God smack once, please? 
Uh, when police arrived, the 35-year-old was leaning into the vehicle and trying to operate a cell phone. Um, the complaint says uh, she was incoherent and unsteady on her feet. The officer determined that she, was, uh, uh, she wasn't capable of performing any of the field sobriety tests and uh, went straight for the, uh, the definitive here. Medical personnel were actually summoned to the scene, um, and um, I think they actually administered Narcan. Um, Ooh, wow. So she was really in, in she was some do- shit. She was dozing out. <laughs> she was- well, and so now we're getting into... Now, Russ and I haven't looked at this article very much, but apparently she told medical personnel she had missed a methadone appointment oh, earlier no. in the morning. So this wasn't Godsmack. And used heroin prior to operating. This wasn't Godsmack. This was heroin. Yeah. God damn it. This the was bobbing, heroin smack. The, bo- the bobbing was not something sick. Son of a I thought it was going to be sick, bro. Yeah. I mean, you see that and you're like, that's either heroin or Godsmack. And it turns <laughs> out it was just regular smack. What is it, it heroin? heroin? What do we got, heroin or new metal here? Yeah. <laughs> come, on, come on, Officer Dickley. Let's go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What we got is heroin this? or Godsmack going on here. This is either corn or meth. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> yeah. So uh, all three of uh, the previous drunk driving convictions were from La Crosse County, uh, with the most recent in 2008. So she was on so a good is, run So this is the Quattro. Yeah, she did decent. Yeah. Um. The uh, the uh, accused here is free on a twelve hundred dollars signature bond. Her next court date, February ninth, which is passed. We don't know the follow up here, but yeah, we don't. So, we didn't look into this one any further to find out. So um, we what actually happened. have mathematics. This isn't like the. This isn't. We we right. thought this was gonna be a sick article. We thought there was gonna be like new metal involved, corn, Slipknot. Well, and this is this is particularly why they don't call it drunk driving anymore because they understand that. Um, it's not always going to be a liquid thing that happened. It could have been she was uh, smoking or injecting and that kind of thing. So it's, it's really actually called operating while intoxicated. OWIs, not DUIs, because it's not just um, drinking and driving. Yeah. So she was actually baptized in uh, Methlehem. Oh yeah. Little, Little did we know that when we chose that church? song, yeah, <laughs> that we were going to be opening up a fucking article where, you know, could she you? she was in Methlehem. <laughs> not good baptizing liquor and <laughs> i'll tell you smokes. what this lady got arrested and boom went the vagina mite oh yeah yeah so russ uh i thought it was gonna be sick i thought there's gonna be headbanging yeah involved. like now we've got i thought it was we've gonna got be some work to do in the lab it's disturbed but in another way yeah it's very disturbing uh, so, this lady was injecting a whole bunch of god smack into her fucking arm um cripes yeah, yeah. So, so you got a thirty-five-year-old, unresponsive, headbanging. Yeah, we've got. Was some, it not new metal? We canceled the new metal out. We thought yeah. this was gonna be sick, but it ended up being. Sick. She's actually sick. She's actually. She sick. needs to go to methadone clinic. Yeah, this she is needs not to go good. to the clinic. Uh, I have a number. Um, yeah, I mean, and I'm and I think I'm ready. Okay, three, two, one, 16. 18. Okay. Okay, so we're gonna go seventeen local yeah, on this one. I think that's yeah. fair. The, the if we had to somehow. Uh, chemically uh, compare these two things: uh, uh, malt liquor, which we've and talked about, meth, mathematics, yeah, or whatever, mathematics. Ma- mathematics, yeah. <laughs> if you had to chemically compare these things, uh, the the malt liquor versus uh, uh, meth, um, I'd say if you're nodding off and hitting shit, you're probably in that 16 range. She was not shooting up the local. No, she was not hitting the local that way. No. Carbonated this into is the veins. Man. Fucking locomotive. Yeah. She's on a fucking coal train. train right here. 
<laughs> Slow down that H train. Yeah. Wow. This is full on. This is meth like now. This guy got depressing. I thought this was gonna be sick because of the head banging. Yeah, me too. It really I took a fucking turn here. So seventeen. I think we're, we're yeah seventeen. In Eric, here. do you want to uh, not new metal gavel? All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.